York. Awesome. That's where you grew up, right? You grew up in New York? Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm I'm curious about one thing, man. I'm just gonna jump right into it. Um I was I was if 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 and again, stop me if it if it becomes too much. Um I saw on your Twitter timeline today that you're this is the most years straight sober that you've ever been. Is that true? I'm nine years old. <laughs> wow, man. And you're 30 now, right? Yeah, man. That's I started crazy. smoking weed when I was nine, and you know, I wasn't, like, smoking every day. But by the time I, I was smoking, like, every day and, you know, like, drinking when I was, like, 11 years old, I'm actually with one of my buddies right now who I grew up with, and we were smoking weed and drinking at 11 years old. That's That's insane, yeah. man. That's insane. So, like... You know, I just, you know, obviously I read a lot about you, um, you know, like I said to you earlier, considering, you know, my parents' history and, and, and my history of my life, too, man. Um, is it true also that at one point in your life you were you were doing heroin and you were also panhandling and um, in, uh, in, in and out of uh, some psychiatric places as well? Uh, yeah, I, I did the whole thing, you know, like uh, I went from... I was like, a, you know, selling drugs, and then it came to a point where I spent all my money, so that now I'm stealing, and then it came to a point where I was, um, had to panhandle and keep stealing, and or shooting heroin and smoking crack and shooting cocaine and, you know, getting, getting arrested a lot and doing a lot of, doing a lot of stupid shit. Whoa insane man that's insane so that <clears throat> like in those years i'm assuming that you weren't uh you weren't in the gym every day you weren't training a ton right no i would um i would get clean for a while then i'd go back to the gym and then i would use and i mean there was times where like as an amateur and i was just taking like pain pills where i was still able to train and you know somewhat somewhat be functional Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, eventually, once I started shooting, shooting drugs, you know, I just there's no functional living there. So right, right. I would out of the gym, and then I would get clean and go back. It was like a cycle. I would go in and out. Such a hard thing, too. Like, didn't you? Uh, there was a time when you had gotten you had a fight where you broke a bunch of bones in your face, including your orbital bone, correct? And there's only really one way to live with that, and that's to take prescription drugs of some sort, correct? Yeah, I, uh, I fractured a couple bones in my face, and uh, I had to have surgery. And yeah, I mean, I was forced to to get pain medication while I was in the hospital. And then when I got out, I, you know, had a prescription, and, and that led me to relapsing. Yeah. So what are you doing now? Like, you know, you're. I'm just curious. Um. Is it just ibuprofen 800 at this point after a fight like you just had with Silva? Um, I know that, you know, it's a battle every day, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I just um, use, like, you know, physical therapy and ice and and uh, turmeric and uh, I'll take ibuprofen, but it fucks my stomach up from all yeah. the Vicodin that I used to eat. So of course, yeah, of course. It's hard for me to take, like, uh, too much Tylenol or, or ibuprofen because it's just burns a hole in my stomach so i'll take it sparingly i'm curious um like you know at your lowest point 
you know, whenever that was. I'm assuming it's probably the overdose you had where uh, your heart actually stopped beating for a couple minutes, correct? Yeah, I mean, I had three of those, but my last one was, uh, I was, like, shooting a lot of cocaine and heroin, so I was having seizures, and then eventually I overdosed. And, uh, but I was in, like, a serious, uh, like, state of psychosis from all the, from all the coke. Mm-hmm. So I was in, like, I was in, like, a mental prison. And, uh, you know, I, I had visited, like, a lot of physical bottoms, like, going to prison, or going to jail, and, uh, panhandling, and, but this time, three years ago, you know, I was at, like, a mental bottom and, and like i just had enough at that point incredible man and now three years later here you are having the irregardless of outcome three years later here you are fifty thousand dollar bonus winner in the fight of the night on fs1 on the last ever show on fs1 that's incredible man so who do you um do you have a sponsor do you have somebody that you credit with you know getting you out of this um i, I you know i'm assuming yeah. you know it's 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 you. You have to want to do it. That's that's the number one thing. And I'm I'm no expert, but did you, was there somebody that that guided you along that uh sort of got you out of this thing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first person is God. God, my higher power. Uh, none of this would be possible. But then obviously I had like you know tangible stuff like my AA sponsor Tommy. He uh, if it wasn't for him, I definitely wouldn't. I've gotten sober then you know my family always had my back and uh all my friends you know that were always there for me so I mean there's a lot of people and things I could I could attribute to getting sober but really is my it's God you know without that I'd have nothing yeah obviously there was a uh there was a bigger plan for you than uh than that clearly and um, I'm just curious, who did you did you did you train with John Donahue when you were younger, coming up in New York? Um, are you still training yeah, with him? No, I trained in Milwaukee now at Rufus Sport. Okay. With Duke and those yep. guys. Uh, but yeah, I was under, I was at Hendo's for about six, seven years. So yeah, I I took all. I'm actually I'm a brown belt under John. Awesome. So, no better uh, jiu-jitsu camp to, to be under than Donahue is, certainly. Um, no, there's no better jiu-jitsu, that's for sure. That's awesome, man. Real, I'm just, uh, you know, just going back a little bit real quick, if we can. Um, you know, you're 30 now, and you started using, you said, when you were about nine years old? Yeah, you know, smoking pot cool. and just being a stupid kid, yeah. And that was continuous all the way up until, what, age 27, 26, in and out? Well... I had first gotten sober when I was 23. Yeah. I went to uh, a therapeutic community. I was there for like six months. And then I stayed sober for about another 14 months after that. And uh, so I was sober for like 20 months. And then I got, I had a shoulder surgery and I relapsed. And then I got another year and a half sober, and then that's when I had the eye surgery. And I realized after that, and uh, December 15, 2027 is when I 
I mean, 2000. Yeah, 2000. December 27, yeah. 2015 is, is when I uh, is when I got sober. Wow, man. Uh, yeah. So, are you doing anything to celebrate the day today? Um. Uh, no, tomorrow I actually celebrate at my home group at my uh, my AA group, and then uh, we're gonna go out for dinner after. That's incredible. Do something. That's incredible. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. And you mentioned that you had gotten uh, arrested a couple times. Did you ever do any long, any, you know, I guess it just sort of adds to the story. It, did you ever do any long stints in jail? Um, talk a little bit about that, man. How crazy is that? Uh, I never, I, well, I was facing 25 to life at one point. Wow. But I only did, I was in jail for only three weeks okay. in uh, Florida. But uh, they, they dismissed my case because my, my court date came up, and the person that was supposed to testify against me never showed up to court. Okay. So they just dismissed the case because he was a uh, a two-time convicted felon, and he had, and he was a he had a warrant for his arrest. So if he came to testify against me, he would have testified, and then they would have arrested him. So he just never showed up, I see. and uh, they they just let me go right there. But I mean, I spent nights in jail. I spent couple weeks here and there, but I never, I never did any prison time. Okay. Just, just, just jail time, you know, like county jail. That, the crazy thing, too, was that, that crazy finger injury that you had, man. Um, I've seen the video a couple times, uh, you know, whatever, you know, everybody's had it happen in their life. Somebody says something, the wrong thing to someone, you defend your friend. Um, you ended, did you end up actually missing that fight? Um, the, the one that happened was at UFC 211 where uh, you got into that little uh, altercation outside the barbershop? Uh, no, well, I, I got into, that was December 22nd of last year. I got I into the you. fight, and I, caught, I cut my finger really bad, and I had to get stitches, and I still, and then and then actually the stitches, like, uh, 10 days later, my middle finger came back open. Yep. And then I got, <laughs> excuse me, and then I got, uh, I got, my finger got infected after I got stitched for the second time. Mm-hmm. So I had to have my, the, the wound, I had to open it back up and drain it and stuff it with gauze. So I had like an open wound the whole training camp. And yeah. I should have pulled out of the fight, but I didn't. And um, I had a horrible training camp and mm-hmm. it was just a mess, yeah. Mike, I, I, another question I have is how, how, how did it feel, man, getting... Uh, getting noticed by Dana White on his show and getting pulled into the UFC with the boss specifically scouting you. How awesome was that? Well, it was uh, one of the best moments of my life. It was, I was really excited, obviously, and uh, I couldn't be more grateful for that, you know? What all What all happened? So he went and saw you fight. Does he grab you afterwards? Does somebody call you? Like, how does that go down, dude? Yeah, like, so I fought, and he was backstage, he came. We met, we met up backstage, and then he just told me that he was going to sign me, and, uh, and that was it. Wow, man. You must, have been on, uh, you must have been on cloud nine, man. That's incredible. To go from where you were and have Dana White himself telling you he's going to sign you and watching your fight. How nervous were you in the lead-up to the fight, knowing that Dana was going to be there that night? I had some pretty bad anxiety, man. It was, I bet. Yeah, it was pretty terrible, but uh, I mean, no more than like any other fight, but it was pretty bad. I'll tell you too, like, if you were anxious, man, you wouldn't know it. I've seen the fight. Like, nobody will ever tell you that you're a born fighter, man. You're an incredibly interesting fighter, and that'll get you a long way, regardless of wins or losses. Everybody loses, 
eventually everybody will lose even even you know guys in your weight class like like Habib eventually will lose you know um to somebody but you're you're a fun fighter to watch for sure so I'm sure that that's part of the reason why Dana wanted to bring you on Um, yeah that's interesting I'm curious uh you know is is the future for you in the UFC at at lightweight you ever thinking about going back to 145 or maybe even so they were gonna they were gonna let me go down Mm-hmm. But then uh, when I moved to Milwaukee, uh, Duke, he didn't want me to cut all the weights. So they're really tough cuts for me. Of course. So he was like, "Nah, I don't want you to. I don't want you to go back down." So I, I just decided. It looks like I'm staying at 55 for now. Awesome. And is that you like? Is that close to your walking around weight? Are you like in the 160s, late 160s? No, man. I'm like, I'm in the 80s. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's even a big cut for you, especially down to 145 at your age. Yeah, I, I would probably tend to agree with them there, man. Some certainly some interesting fights at 155 for you, anyway, man. What this weekend? Yeah, 100%. There's a lot of uh, negative vibes going around the UFC right now. <clears throat> I think I saw something from you where uh, you had said, "Hey, listen, I always defend the UFC, blah blah blah," but this is kind of indefensible. What do you think about this weekend moving the venue and all the other BS around it? I mean, they're just trying to save the card, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. And even though it was like a crazy thing, uh, you know, they just want to do what's best for the company, which I understand, you know? Uh, I totally understand. Um, it obviously sucks for all the fighters, but, I mean, it is what it is. And, I mean, it, like, it's, a, it's pretty interesting, though, that's for sure. But, like, it, the UFC is obviously going to do what uh, what they seem best for the company, so... Of course, and there's a million stockholders, man. There's so much money involved. Like, I get it. I totally get it. What's your yeah. um, What's your current deal with the UFC? Are you um, you have a couple more fights on your contract? What do you got? No, so my my contract is over, but they're they're re-signing me. So I'm just awesome. uh, awesome. Yeah, they told my manager that they're gonna re-sign me, and they like me, and uh, you know, they loved my last fight, and. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. They gave me the fight of the night, so you know they they liked me, and uh, they're gonna re- when when I get like healed up, and they didn't have like the numbers in front of them, so they couldn't send over a contract. When my manager spoke to Sean Shelby, mm-hmm. but when I when I figure out the situation with my leg and yep. get that all situated, they're gonna send over a new contract and get me a fight lined up. Awesome man. How is that leg? You able to put weight on it? Uh, yeah, I could, I could, like, put weight on it. It's still fucked up, so I'm getting my MRI on Sunday, so I'll figure it out. Awesome, man. Yeah, 155, there's so many interesting fights for you. So many. I think, yeah. I think you're somebody who could make a lot of noise in that division. People look at the yeah. last one or two fights, and they have a tendency to judge and don't see the bigger picture. There's some. It's a stacked division, but even, I mean, even if you fought, you know, a top-five guy, it's going to be fun. You know, Gagey, Poirier, somebody like that. It could be a lot of fun, so... Uh, yeah, I, would ex- I would expect to see you on a main card on a pay-per-view. You know, are you on medical suspension right now because of the the knockout or no? Just like it's just for 45 days. So. Okay. okay. Or, or until I get cleared, they said. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Listen, your story to me is uh, with all the negative shit going on this week. I I couldn't be happier to reach out to you and and. Uh, listen, I could probably talk to you for hours about all the things that have happened in your life, but I don't want to. Uh, take up too much of your time man but i'll 
I'm incredibly grateful that you were talking to me for a couple minutes. I truly appreciate it, man, because it's a story that needs more. Uh, we need more feel-good stuff like this. The UFC should, should, you know, we have Greg Hardy, John Jones, you know, the UFC uh, 228, uh, 229 bullshit that happened afterwards. Like, we need to push more of these positive stories like yours, man. We do. It's my pleasure, man. Hey, listen, uh, keep in touch with me on your way up, man. I, I really appreciate it. And, oh, I will, for sure. Um, Definitely. I'll reach out to you. Uh, are you going to go to the Brooklyn card? Because that's uh, close to where I you are. I might be. Yep. I might be because my roommate, Bilal, is on it, Bilal yep. Muhammad. I'll be I out. might be there. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. I'll be out there, man. I'll, I'll reach out to you. Maybe uh, maybe we can hook up out there and um, have a little bit more time to, to just dig deep into your, to your, to your life, man, because there's so much more to be told. Sounds awesome, man. Thank you so much. Jared, take care of yourself, brother. My best to you in 2019, man. I'll see you soon. You too, man. Take it easy. Hey, bro. All right, bye. That's it. My interview with Jared Gordon, Jared Flash Gordon. Listen, didn't want to take up too much of his time. There's so much stuff to get into with Jared. Um, it's a feel-good story. It's one of the best stories of the year. The UFC needs to push more of these stories. They do. Um, Jared Flash Gordon, jail time overdoses, died three times. Um, you heard the man's story. Incredible. Coming off an amazing fight with Joaquin Silva. Didn't get his, uh, didn't get the uh, result that he would like, but um, had an incredible, incredible fight. Very interesting. Beautiful knockout by Silva. Gordon just hanging in there, tough like he always does, like he's clearly done his entire life. That's it. Jared Flash Gordon. Uh, Dave McGrath from the MMA Torch here with you. I'm um, going to cut my... Uh, my show short right now. Not even short. I'm just going to cut it off now. Um, UFC 232. We'll get into more of that tomorrow. And uh, everybody who listens, I appreciate it. Downloads. Uh, thanks to Mike Hisco. Thanks to Wade Keller for allowing me to do this. And uh, have a great night, guys. Thank you.